What is up, guys? Welcome back to Teens on a Mission podcast. I'm so glad you are here with me today. I have a special guest sharing his testimony. His name is Hayden. Um, I was able to witness um, his healing from a very, very major um, disease, and I can't wait for you to hear how he was healed from it. So, Hayden, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you, Trey, for having me on the Teams with a Mission podcast. Um, um, appreciate you, brother. Uh, love you. And uh, so glad I get to share this with everybody. Um, my name is Hayden Beal. I am a youth pastor at uh, Christ Alive Church in Newton, North Carolina. Um, uh, I've suffered from a neurological disorder called Tourette Syndrome. Um for over 19 years. Um, and for those who don't know what Tourette's is or just aren't familiar with it, Tourette's, uh, it's a neurological disorder, but uh, it there's urges um, that your mind pretty much sends your body. Um, and it could be many things. Um, for me, uh, I had an urge to scream at the top of my lungs, shout. Um, I had an urge to kind of smack my elbows against my ribs um, to make muscle uh, jerks. Um, just a lot of vocal and motor tics is what they call them, but they feel like urges. So like, if you don't do those things, like it drives your body crazy. Uh, and different uh, tics vary for different people. And mine have varied over time. So when I was really young, uh, I mean, I would just – Shout and do all kinds of crazy things. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of both. A lot of vocal and physical things, and uh, kind of kept me from doing day-to-day simple tasks at first. I wasn't able to do my homework. Um, I wasn't able to take a bath by myself. My mother and father had to pretty much bathe me at one point. Um, I uh, also. Couldn't do my homework, like I said, so my parents would stay up and try to do algebra the best they could. Bust for heart. They didn't they didn't know how to do it. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it was just it was a very difficult time of my life. Yeah. Um but uh so uh I've suffered with this for I mean just such a long time, like over 19 years. Um, and I like to go into detail about this stuff. So you can, you guys can kind of get a, like a bird's eye view on everything. Um, growing up having this, it made me feel like, uh, I was kind of lesser than everyone Yeah, because, you know, Anyone with a uh, what? What's the word? Um, an abnormality or a disorder? Or yeah, dis- or a disease. Maybe a disease, disability. Um, naturally, you can kind of feel uh, a little like you're not as good as everyone else. And mm-hmm. from early time, um, I also tried to do things better than everybody else. Um, I tried to strive to prove myself and work twice as hard, which there's nothing wrong with working hard. 
Yeah. But it was the motive. Um, so I constantly had this, this uh, just drive just to wear myself out and do things better. And a lot, and a lot of times I, I had, I did prove myself better than my peers in some, in some things. And it, wasn't the right way to go about it, but like you know, for me it was a, I guess, a coping mechanism. Yeah, um, yeah, it made you feel and, better about yourself. Yeah, yeah, and it was very hard. Um, on another <laughs> spectrum, it was very hard. I felt it was to talk to the talk to girls, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that's a weird subject, <laughs> but you know, I you know, I just felt like it was, um. I felt like any other kid would, you know, just alone made me feel uh, just getting put to the side. Just, um, and I had to grow up kind of quick during this process because, you know, I didn't want, I, I didn't want people taking care of me all their life. So, you know, uh, my parents, um, they started taking me to a neurologist pretty much. I'll give you the rundown of how it began. Um, I was, Around third grade, and according to my parents, I did weird things that kids do. You know, they make weird sounds. They act like dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's what I was doing. But uh, um, it got to the point where I was getting a little older, and I started continuing to make these sounds and do these things. And I would just make random noises. I'd shout for no reason. And my, you know, my parents didn't know at the time, but uh, they would just kind of look at me confused and wonder why I was shouting. Um, again, they didn't know it was Tourette's, but they would tell me to be quiet. They just mm-hmm. kind of tell me, stop making this noise, shut up. <laughs> so I tried telling them I, I couldn't, you know. And they thought I was just faking it being a kid, but I kept going and doing it and doing it. They uh getting really concerned, so we went to an adult neurologist, and pretty much uh, he diagnosed me with Tourette's, and my parents were devastated. They were hoping that wasn't the case, and nobody really around here had anything like it at the time in our county, or at least in my town. So, and there wasn't at the time there weren't a lot of cases, and it's still it's still a pretty rare thing. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 more there's more people with it now than there were but yeah it's it was just a whole mess so started going to a child neurologist in Pineville and they started prescribing me with all kinds of medications I mean there were some I was taking for it um, that made it completely worse um, there were some medications that uh, made me gain weight. I started having uh, some that caused hallucinations. Mm. Uh, yeah. It caused me to have nightmares. So there was a lot of things that were done uh, medically, and we, we didn't do any behavior therapy. Again, uh, there's a lot of a lot of research is still being done, so my parents, they didn't... They were just trying to do the best route they knew to take. Yeah. You know, they, they were kind of at a loss. There wasn't anybody really to talk to. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so 
medically, uh, we, we found something that kind of helped for a little while and it completely uh, shut it out, but it definitely suppressed them, <laughs> which was not a great thing, but it made it manageable. Um, but we had to go to a Canadian pharmacy to get it because it wasn't allowed in the United States yet. Mm-hmm. So we had to get it special ordered. It's a lot of money, a lot of chaos. But, uh, uh, but, um, yeah, so it was a big hassle medically. Um, and also it's kind of embarrassing at some points, uh, in school, I had this tick where I would strain and I would strain so much and I'd start peeing myself. So I had to start wearing adult diapers. I had to start wearing diapers to keep myself from pooping. I'd strain so hard that I'd poop little, little, uh, poop balls or turds <laughs> and they'd run down my leg. Mm. So I'd be dropping them in class. They'd be rolling out my pants leg. And I, I felt bad. Like I didn't tell them what it was. I was just so embarrassed, but the kids would pick them up and be like, what is this? And I'd have to play it off. And, uh, it was rough. My, my, my teachers were gracious. They were, they looked out for me and kind of helped me too. But yeah, it was just very humiliating. Uh, but, you know, as I get older and go to middle school with Tourette's, you know, it calms down a little bit. This is about the point where I get that medication that kind of suppresses it. Mm-hmm. But I'm always sleeping at the end of the day. I have a hard time focusing in school. Um, or not at the end of the day. Like in the morning, I'll sleep through the first half of the morning. And about lunchtime is when I wake up. Yeah. So I miss pretty much everything in class. Because I'm trying to stay awake or I'm falling asleep. <laughs> But I started uh, making friends, and I noticed, well, I don't notice at the time, but a lot of the friends I start making are kind of friends that have stuff going on, and they're kind of outcast in a way, too. Yeah. Because I found comfort. Hey, man, these guys uh, these guys have stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, you're not the only one going through stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I started hanging out with broken people as well. Then, uh, mm-hmm. as I get older, these friendships change, uh, obviously. But the type of friend never changed. I always hung around broken people. I always mm-hmm. hung around people, going, whether it was they had stuff going on at home uh, with their with their parents, whether they're divorced, uh, whether just all kinds of stuff, you know, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, you know, because what better way to have a friend that, again, like you said, goes through things that you do or it's going through mm-hmm. a rough time. Yeah. But why I Y'all started know how to help each other. Right. Well, that's not the way we saw it at the time, Trey. And I mean, I did, but along the way, I started picking up their habits too. Mm. Um, yeah. It, it, it's very... It's a very subtle thing. It oh, sneaks yeah. in. Um, so if you're not around the right group, you'll. That's why it says in the Bible, you know, Jesus ate with sinners, but he didn't join them in their sin. You know, mm-hmm. there's a very clear distinction. Well, I did. I did both. <laughs> uh, so I started picking up things and feeling this peer pressure around high school. Right, I started getting into tobacco. Uh, 
like a dip. I used to dip a lot. And at the mm-hmm. time, I, I was trying to self-medicate, right? Mm-hmm. So I noticed the nicotine and that rush and that buzz I got from dip made me feel really good. And I felt loose as a noodle. <laughs> uh, and, and this is my freshman year, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't start hammering down to my sophomore year. So I was, uh, what? I don't know how old I am. Uh, like 15, 14, <laughs> 15, something like that. Or 16. Yeah, I was like 15 to 16. Um, and I started going into this because it made me feel good while taking my medication um, because I felt like I was obligated to. Uh, and then uh, I started just kind of going one thing after another. And because I'm hanging around with these bad influences, I'm, I'm going to parties early. And I started getting into alcohol. Mm. Alcohol also made me feel relief. Um, and I started, you know, kind of wondering, like, well, maybe, maybe I should just keep doing this. So I started drinking at an early age. Um, and I was doing tobacco. Then I was drinking with a medication that says no alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so I was you know, kind of getting mixed up in some stuff. Uh, yeah. And then what comes with that, there's more temptations that come along. You just kind of piled up. Um, so I started kind of acting like the people I was hanging around with. I started uh, chasing after, uh, uh, you know, desires of the flesh, uh, chasing mm-hmm. after girls. and But it was all because I wanted to suppress my neurological disorder. Yeah. And the enemy creeped in and showed me his way to do it. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't in a church. I wasn't involved in community. Uh, I, I just didn't have anybody, nor did my parents. Uh, so we didn't really have any guidelines. So I was just kind of doing whatever I wanted. And um, all in all, over time, it made the ticks worse because now – Fast forward after high school, I'm letting the struggles of life get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, now I'm turning into an alcoholic. You know, I'm, I'm just making that pathway. I'm addicted to nicotine. Uh, now I pick up marijuana because I mm. hear marijuana helps a lot of things. And yeah. I smoked it heavy. And you know what? It did help. But just like everything else I tried, it stopped working. Yeah, it was only <laughs> temporary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I stopped taking my, after I graduated high school, I stopped taking my actual prescription medication. I started getting into all this and self-medicating. Again, for those out there listening, if you're on a temp, if you're doing something like this, it, it, it's only temporary. Yeah, it's just to get your foot in the door, and then it completely just stops. Yeah, and you have to get something stronger and something bigger, and it just never until is. there is nothing stronger <laughs> until it nothing stronger, and it either brings you to your knees or it kills you, and that's just yep. the hard truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I found myself. It was it was weird, Trey. I started. These friends I hung around, you know, I pretty, I had, as of about three years ago, 
Um, this was, I was saved three years ago also, uh, transformed by the Lord. Um, but these people I was hanging around, it got to a point where I had to force myself to hang out. Like I, I had to initiate conversation so we could hang out. Yeah. Uh, because I was just so desperate for to be liked and approved. This whole thing was just, it, it was, just caused a big, a big problem in my life of being accepted for who I was. Um, you know, uh, just trying to fit in and yeah. trying to self medicate, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to really push to hang out with uh, friends, you know, but, but they wouldn't go out of the way to hang out with me or to call me or see if I was doing okay. It was always me trying to, again, initiate hangouts. Uh, on top of it, um, um, I'm just drinking profusely, mm-hmm. uh, smoking. Can't I'm just constantly in, inebriated and I'm not sober. Um, and I forgot to mention that I also try to do uh, meditation and yoga. Yeah, because that, I heard that would help, and that's a big deception. Oh yeah, that goes dark quick. Yeah, and it's funny. About the time I started doing the chakra meditation. And yoga, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's meditation uh, with different poses and different chants. That in the America, in America, they tell you it's to get a further connection with God. Um, but what they didn't tell you when the Americans brought it over here back in the 1900s, your those. Uh, Words and poses, the words you chant and the poses you do, they're all a form of worship to another deity. Mm-hmm. And it's false. Yeah, and, and the I, Bible well, says that. Sorry. Go ahead. But, yeah, you go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, pretty much, um, uh, well, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, so, pretty much, uh, you know, what the Bible says uh, that. The those who worship false gods or the Lord, you know, he's angry at it. It's mm-hmm. a form of he sees it as a form of uh, adultery to him. Like you yeah. cheated on, me. Mm-hmm. you know, you're prostituting yourself. To other, and again, I didn't know. I was naive. I yeah. didn't grow up in church. I didn't know the word. You were just doing what I, you I thought was right. Right. I knew Jesus, but I didn't know him. I never relationship yeah. with. Yeah. And I, and also when it comes to like meditation stuff like when like biblical meditation's not bad. Like just oh, so everybody listen just so everybody listening like we're on the same page like yeah. meditation is not bad, but eastern religion meditation yep. um is wrong, right? Yep. Because the Bible tells us like to meditate on his words day and night. Yep, yep. But not to meditate on other things and beings day and uh, night you know so just just so, to make sure we're all on the same page yeah, here and let me add to that too yeah because i didn't go into detail like you said it's good to meditate on the word meditating on the word is you thinking mm-hmm. you imagining what his word's saying and the way god allowed you to think <laughs> and it all goes to knowing what the difference is God's going to not make you to do a set of rules to think or to ponder. 
Satan is going to deceive you. And if you're not in the right covering, he's going to deceive you and make you think that you have to do poses yep. and certain things. And, and what yoga does, it empties your mind and mm -hmm. clears your head. Yep. God wants to fill your head. Uh huh. For God to actually talk to you, he wants you to know his word. He wants you to do your homework and study him, study yep. the things of his word, and through the fivefold ministry to all the gifts of the spirit, you know, he wants you to understand, like, based on what you know, what he's shown you, how mm -hmm. to decipher that. So the devil's a liar. He, he, he's subtle. He's yep. a very subtle. So... It's not, you don't have to chant. You don't have to do yoga poses to get closer to God. And if you want to stretch and get exercise, stretch. Don't <laughs> yep. do yoga. It's called a stretching, not yoga. It's, I don't, I don't, yep. I've heard people say that. It's not, just don't. Take it from yep. me. But where I was getting now with this was, you know, and I'll explain why you don't do that. Um, I, uh, as soon as I started doing this stuff, man, I, I just, even though I didn't know Jesus, I I knew God had a, I just like felt like there was a hand on me and I was always being protected because I'd go in a lot of dark places, Trey, and come mm -hmm. out unscathed. When I started doing yoga, there was more danger at every corner than I've ever, ever witnessed. Yeah. Um, over the period of time, I was in several car wrecks, dude. That should have knocked me out. Like I've been in, I've totaled three cars. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, well, not all consecutively, but in this time, because <laughs> right. But we all understand that when you give your allegiance to something else, to another deity, God takes His hand off of you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't put you through. He doesn't do these things per se, but He allows you to be unprotected. Yeah, because we have free will. Right. And because you, yeah. Uh, so mercy and grace is sufficient. But once you start doing all these other things, you don't realize you forfeit your covering. I, I, I know this, is, this podcast is about my Tourette's, but there's a, this is a self-medicating, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Um, it, it's a, it's, I, I self-medicated. Self-medicating is probably the worst things you can do, whether it's yoga, mm -hmm. alcohol. I mean, it, it causes so much destruction because once you get an addiction, I'm telling you, it's hard to get out of. Like you need yeah. to find power. And if you don't mm -hmm. know where to go, you're, you're either left, left for dead or something. You know, I mean, our God's gracious. He'll, he'll come through. Mm-hmm. You cry out, but I'm telling you, it's a hard road, especially for those of us who do know the Lord, who grew up in a spirit-filled church. See, I didn't grow up in the spirit-filled church, so I didn't know the power of God. But for those of us that do know the power of God and then willingly turn away and do other things, really, because you're impatient. Uh, mm -hmm. That's what it boils down to. It comes to impatience and uh, mistrust in our Creator. Um, yep. you, you put yourself out there and this isn't anything uh, this isn't like you know me uh, just condemning anyone you know it's just it's a I, I pray I give someone conviction if they need to hear it because man it, it's it's all fun and games 
until it's not, you know. Yeah. The grass looks greener on the other side, but it's not always greener on the other side. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's just fine where you're at. And if you're concerned sometimes, with the grass. Sometimes the other side is fake grass. Mm-hmm. It's turf. Yeah. And it hurts when you fall on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and uh, if the grass ain't green on your side, sometimes you have to water it. And that's just. Yeah. Take care of it. And be patient with it. Uh, Let it grow. You have to. You know, uh, when Jesus talks about the parables, and he talks about a lot of parables, including like wheat uh, and growing, mm-hmm. if you look at the way, if you just look up wheat, how it's grown, the process of uh, harvesting and blowing chaff, you'll start to understand. Uh, why he says the things he does because the he, again it was a culture context at the time for the Hebrews but he speaks this way so we can look and understand by what we're looking at but anyhow I'm getting off track I'm going down a rabbit hole bro um, no it's fine it's so, fine it's good but, yeah but uh, so pretty much yeah I'm self-medicating I finally reached the end of myself Right, like I just I started trying to please my flesh. Like I, again, mm-hmm. I, I started doing all these things. I started diving into pleasures. I started having sex with man, all kinds of women. Just a lost count. I'm gonna be honest with you. At the point to the point to where my body just wanted its gratification. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started having a pornography addiction, and this was early on in middle school too. Just a lot of open doors started happening. Um, yeah, and that's another story for another day. That's a bigger picture. But I was dealing with all these addictions, man. Uh, I uh, and I start working on the road for travel. Um, around this time, this is when I'm dealing with everything the most. Uh, I was a construction worker. I did a electrical work for a refrigeration company. Uh, so we traveled around the Southeast a good bit, but uh, I, uh, right when COVID happened, um, you know, everyone, so when COVID happened, everyone who wasn't an essential worker had to stay home. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for us, we were essential because we traveled and kind of, built the construction of buildings, you know, that had to be done. But yeah. We, uh, we still drove around at that time. I felt this, this voice speak to me. It was not like really an audible voice, but it was like an impression on our heart. Mm. It was like, I felt the words that were being spoke. Uh, but you know, there was no one on the highways or the roads. It was kind of like, the world was on pause and that's the way I describe it to people. when I tell them about my testimony with Christ, um, there was just nobody. It was quiet. Yeah. I-85 and I-40 in North Carolina, no traffic in the morning. Like, nobody's wow. on the road. It was like, it's like, uh, like Armageddon. It was like an apocalypse. Like <laughs> it was like watching, uh, like, uh, oh, what's that movie? A book of Eli almost. But anyway, <laughs> Uh, um, I started hearing this voice and it was just saying come back to me son and it, I felt like it, I just needed to go back to church 
And I just kind of kept ignoring this voice, you know. I just kept putting it off to the side. But as time went by, dude, it grew louder and louder. And it mm. got to the point where my desire was to go back to whatever this voice was calling me. So I was like, this must be the Lord God. Like, I've never felt like this before. I've never felt a voice talk to me like that. I used to think it was my conscience. But along the whole time, it's the voice of God. Um, mm-hmm. I I would uh, so pretty much I I went um, I listened to the voice I tried out of church and I didn't think that was the one so I ended up uh, leaving it for a while and I uh, one day I went to Home Depot to get tools for work and I ran into a girl and the Lord, at the time I didn't know it was the Lord, but I thought that voice told me to strike up a conversation. So I did, and I found out her name was Hayden. Her name was also Hayden. Uh, she's actually uh, this, uh, She's she does a lot of the audio and sound and the video for the church across the live, but uh, mm-hmm. um, her name was Hayden, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, so I told and I told her what my name was. And she was just kind of like, "Wow, that's crazy." And we started kind of talking some more. Figured out we had the same mutual friends, and uh, that one of them goes to Christ alive, and one of them in particular, uh, I was. Uh, she was my prom queen in high school. I was prom king. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but. We, we that's that's how the that's how the conversation started because I saw her on her mutual friends. Oh, you know, I went to school with her, and she said she goes to Christ alive. I asked Hayden, oh, well, you know, how's your church? Because I was looking for churches at the time. She was up, uh, tell me all about it, all the service times, and I felt like I should try it out. But um, also, that that was a, a divine appointment, bro. We lived on the same road. Our name was Hayden. And we did the same thing. yeah, it was. Um, so I took that as a sign. <laughs> so I started going to this church, and I was really uncomfortable at first because I was a Southern Baptist. I was raised Southern Baptist. We enjoyed worship with uh, frowning and just kind of staring out in the space. We didn't lift our hands up. You know, we sang slow hymns. A lot of them were the same ones. Uh, it, it just, there wasn't a, this was obviously, uh, Holy Spirit was moving in this place. And people have had encounters with God that they lift their hands up and just do all that. So I tried it, you know. I was a little uncomfortable, but when I heard how the word was being preached, and I was, uh, that, that service in particular was my first time going. Austin, uh, which, not Austin, excuse me, Ashton, you know Ashton. Uh, he's, a, he's a worship leader for y'all that don't know him. Um, he was talking about the Hebrew forms of praise, and it had a instruction on the, on the I guess, the projected screen at the church. It had a, the different, like, hand motions, like, had the, the like, uh, your hands up in the air. I forgot the Hebrew name for it, but. Um, was a it was a Hebrew name for the praise it was doing, and it was like an act of surrender. Uh, just bowing down prostrate was a form of surrender. 
So I started understanding like why people were raising their hands, and why people were going prostrate and doing all these things. Um, but uh, yeah, I, um, I uh, yeah, it was just incredible. And they, Pastor Mark, uh, he just preached the word in a way that like I understood. Uh, and I've never gotten that at the church I used to go to. That's the reason why we left. We know, there was no power. We had questions. We left with questions. <laughs> and it was ones that could have been answered that they never answered. And uh, the word, the full gospel wasn't being preached. So we never went in the, old, we never went in the New Testament hardly. <laughs> no, when we did, we never talked about the Holy Spirit or the gifts of tongues or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like they just completely cut out like the work that Jesus wanted to do in all of us. So when I came here, I was just amazed. Um, so I started coming, coming and eventually six months later, I meet my wife, Gabriella, who I didn't, at the time I didn't know she was my wife, but I met her and, you know, we started talking. Uh, we, we got married literally the following year. Um, so, like me turning that direction, God was working on my life. Like, I had always chased after girls because I just wanted to be loved, and mm-hmm. I wanted to. I always showed affection for others, for their approval for me. Um, but for once in my life, I never had to do that. Um, and when I turned to God, He showed me that I needed to wait it out and let Him take over things and I stopped looking for a relationship and well God put me with Gabby and he showed me what true love actually was it wasn't mm-hmm. it was uh, seeking him before seeking anything else yeah so but anyways fast forward um, we're married I get filled with the Holy Ghost when our church has a conference it was uh, Isaiah's second time there it was my first time seeing him Second time of Christ alive. I get prayed over. I get filled with the Holy Spirit. Never had that happen before. For me, I was given the gift of tongues that day. Um, and over time, God was working in me and showing me things. Uh, but uh, I was prophesied over when I first started going to church um, by Ashton, the worship leader. He said, God's going to heal you from your Tourette's in this time. And I just was like, whoa, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I was new to all this stuff. Like, I didn't know what to think. Yeah. And that was a pretty big thing for somebody to say. Uh, and I know that a lot of people can have trouble trusting in this word sometimes. But, dude, I'm telling you, for me, I don't know what it was. I just, he told me that, and I said, I'd always get doubts because there would be times when my Tourette's was so bad throughout the work day. Um, I would just remember what he said. Remember those words. And I'm like, God said that he's going to heal me. So mm-hmm. it kept me going throughout the year. Um, and then you fast forward like it was about a year, a year and a half. I'm uh, starting to help out with the youth more. Uh, mm-hmm. Austin asked me if I could uh, be a leader for the youth retreat, and I was like, yeah, we'll send it. <laughs> uh, 
So I hope that was a good treat. It was a wonderful three day event, man, and spirit really moved. Uh, they invited a speaker who, who was having just a wonderful move of God at his church. And he came down to where our camp was and he was preaching. And he was showing us and telling us about people's testimony of um, being healed in baptism. Like there was people with, and I forgot exactly what diseases there were. Like some kid was like, he had a day, like his days were already numbered, supposedly. He said he wasn't supposed to live past like 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can't remember if it was a tumor or what, but he got baptized and it was gone. Was yeah, and then there was a girl that um, she had like scars all on her, the inside of her forearm because she had cut herself oh, yeah, over and over yeah, and over right. and got baptized and the scars went away. And her yeah, arm was like that, completely clean. Yeah, that was, whew, that was a good one. And there was mm -hmm. some lady who couldn't touch tomatoes or peaches. No peaches. So yeah, like, she couldn't even look peaches, at peaches. Yeah, she got sick. She, she was allergic. Uh huh. Yeah, she, she was, was highly allergic. allergic. Yeah, like she was like you know those people with peanut butter that like mm -hmm. some people can't walk in the room where peanut butter is there. Yeah, like yeah. she would, if she was in the room with a peach, she'd have a. Severe reaction, and I mean, she was old, yeah. So she was dealing with this for a while. She got baptized and healed, and she literally walked she went eight a peach, she, she <laughs> yeah, ate and ate one, and, and yeah, no reaction, none. And she sent a picture to that pastor. And so I mean, we were all like, "Oh God, so good!" You know, we were all touched by this. And Molly explained it. That was the first night. So yeah, like at night in the youth retreat, we'd all go to the chapel. The, the, our speaker would speak, and he would, you know. So that night, while I was explaining this stuff, I felt the Lord tell me, "I want you to get baptized tomorrow." And I just was like thrown off. It was a heavy voice too. I was like, uh, "Well, that same feeling, you know, that same impression of my heart." I was just like, "Man, this is a youth retreat. This ain't for young adults." I was. You know, but I just kind of sat on it. I told Gabby, I was like, Gabby, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to get baptized tomorrow. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, this is a treat, but I mean, I, I'll do it. And uh, the next day, um, we go back to chapel after the day's done. I started really thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah, I felt him say like, so I'm going to heal you from Tourette's. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. And I saw other youth uh, leaders get up and go. And I was like, well, I'll go. So I got my change of clothes. I went up there. I stood in line. And uh, they had one of the Intex, like, inflatable kiddie pools. Mm -hmm. They filled it up with some cold hose water. Yeah, it was cold. It's going to trip some yeah, it was. It's gonna trip some people out for those who think you have to have a, a bathtub behind stained glass to get baptized. You don't put God in the box. He'll move how mm -hmm. he wants to. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a testimony. I'm telling you, I couldn't get a conversation. Like, I had trouble finding videos of me and my Tourette's because, and when I do find one, I'll send it to you, Trey. I'll let you post them or do whatever with them because I just think I was embarrassed to be filmed. Like, yeah. I didn't want to hear how I yeah. sounded, but I basically, and Trey, you can probably back me up on this. Could I have a conversation with you without taking 
Absolutely. Because I remember um, the whole time at retreat, like the first day, I mean, I remember even before then when I would talk to you and, you know, yeah. I, I would hear you, I would hear you doing that stuff. Right. And so Friday night yeah. when we were at retreat, you know, you were telling us like, oh, don't get worried if I'm like taking on now, I'm not on drugs. I promise it's just Tourette's. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, it's good. And about yeah. hear you. And, you know, you'd be talking and you'd be ticking and stuff. And, you know, I didn't really care because I knew you couldn't help it. I knew that yeah, it was yeah, something you were dealing yeah. with. And I was like, you I mean, you're just as much of a human being as I am. Um, mm -hmm. But I would hear you doing it. And then I see you get baptized and you come out. And I actually, I didn't notice it um, Saturday night. So it was it was Saturday night that he got baptized, right? And then Sundays when we left, we only spent like half the day there Sunday. We'd leave, we came home. Well, that next I think it was Wednesday, I think, that the pastor called you up and he started talking and he asked you to like have a conversation with him and you got in the mic and all that and you're like talking. And I was like, hold on, something don't sound right. And I was like, he's not ticking anymore. He's not even ticking. And then like yeah. then he then you know you went and talked about it and stuff and I was like, Wow, I, I mean, because I didn't even notice it, but when you went there, it was either Wednesday or Sunday when you went and talked about it, that's when I noticed it. But yeah, I can say for sure, like I remember you taking all the time um, yeah. and then getting baptized and not doing it anymore. Yeah, and that was just the thing. Like, like I feel like I haven't shut up since you told me to go. Um, <laughs> like I feel like I've just been talking nonstop. I couldn't do that before. Yeah, like, I would, I would like tick like mid sentence and I'd have to get it out. Uh -huh. Like it almost feel like a stutter, like a yeah. Uh, Okay. It, it was kind of like you were. It was kind of like you were coughing and talking at the same time in a way. Yeah. yeah, it was like I had to do it, and dude, you know, for, when I got up there Sunday, because it was that following Wednesday. It was after retreat. It was the next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I went up to Pat, or I went to Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark could not believe it. He was just like, well, I was telling him I was free, and we were talking to him. And he just stood there and just stared at me. Like he was yeah. just like, because he knows I've had lunch with him and talked to him several times. And mm -hmm. I couldn't get a word. Like I'd have to really plan out what I was going to say before I started ticking. Yeah. Like my mind and my mind was always racing. I mean, it, I'm still jacked up and hyper now. <laughs> but I mean, then it was like crazy, bro. Like I was just, yeah. Nine o'clock. I got to have to calm down. Mm -hmm. Um, because my brain was always going because my body was just like, hey, hey, you know, you got to do this. Mm -hmm. You got to do this tick. And it was always just keeping my drilling rolling. So, yeah, I got up there and talked. And just a lot of people that day, like you, Trey, were just like, whoa, we don't have it. Um, mm -hmm. But back to the baptism, I waited in line. And uh, I got on the pool. And the pastor that was baptized and this had, you know, as healings. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. You remember his name? I don't, but I remember he was, he's somewhere in Atlanta. I think he's in, he was Georgia. in Georgia. Yeah. He was in North Georgia. Uh -huh. The North. Yeah. They're having a revival. I'm pretty sure. But mm. uh, he uh, asked me, what can I, what can, can we do for today, brother? What can the Lord do? And I said, man, I, I felt the Lord tell me to say these words when I got in that pool. I told him, I told him exactly what I felt like the Lord wanted me to say. I said, I've been suffering with Tourette's for over 19 years. 
But today he told me it's not my burden to carry anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm laying it down. And I still feel get chills when I say that. He told me it's not my burden. And he starts praying over me uh, for healing, and he dunks me in. And when I came up, I, a lot of people didn't see it. Like, it, some people did. Gabby saw it. When I came up, I just I had this look on my face. Um, and it, it, on, on one of the, like, you know, in the mornings when they have, like, the, the fast Christ the lie pictures that come mm-hmm. on. Me getting baptized on there, getting pulled up, and that face is on there on some on sometimes when they have it. But there was just power when it, it just, it was just, you could tell something happened. And the way I can describe it is something was being ripped from my chest. Like, it, like, like something inside me, like on my chest was being pulled out, pulled yeah. out. Like I felt it, like it was a ripping and, you know, they say in deliverance, that's what happens in a lot of time. Um, so it could have been a spirit. And I think there was, um, I don't remember who told me, but I remember someone was telling me, I think two people like had seen it, but it was like a shadow, like a black shadow had come out and like just really, I didn't even ran hear out, didn't... ran out from the ground. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about that. I, I didn't hear anybody tell me that. I mean, I didn't That's like, crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that, but I know there was like two people that said they saw like a shadow, like a black shadow had like just ran out from you. Wow. So I want to tell you something. Uh, before, even before that youth retreat, five months before that train, or it was probably about three, it was in the summer. I had a dream. God showed me verbatim. It, I saw Jesus in my dream. He said, here's how you got Tourette's, my son. And he showed me I was on my great-grandmother's bed as an infant child. And mm-hmm. it was one of those old beds. like the, I'm talking about the ones that are high off the ground. Yeah. Well, my great-grandma wanted, was watching me one day. And she was at the age where, well, she shouldn't have been watching me. But she was my grandma. She wanted to watch me. Like, you know. Yeah. I was on the bed. And this is Satan comes early, by the way, for those mm-hmm. listening. He'll start something early to throw yeah. your whole life out of order. Mm-hmm. So I was on the bed. I fell off of that bed as a baby. Like I'm talking about couldn't walk yet. Mm. And I hit my ground. I hit the head of my ground. That's what the Lord showed me. <clears throat> and he showed me how distressed my grandmother was when it happened. <clears throat> and the Lord literally explained, he was like, it's not her fault that this happened. She's just too old and frail. She couldn't get to you in time. And he said that when my when I fell off the bed, I was traumatized by that incident because I didn't know really what gravity was yet. I was a baby. Yeah. I couldn't walk. So that small little instance, it was like if I right now fell off the Grand Canyon cliff and got caught at the bottom of a tree, or my mm-hmm. branch. That's a fall. Like that would scare the crap out of anybody. Mm-hmm. But yep. that was the equivalent I can compare it to as a baby. Mm-hmm. I fell from a height I didn't know. So he showed me that's how it entered. And 
I told, I, you know, I woke up. I was like, Gabby, Gabby, I just had this dream of God, you know, showing me uh, how I got it. Because for the longest time, that's another thing I didn't mention. Nobody knew where it came from. Mm. Uh, it was, again, that came as an infant. So I'm making noises as a kid. They think I'm just being a hybrid kid. But yeah. really, it entered before anybody could notice anything. Mm-hmm. So babies can have traumas that turn into something else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just, that, it's just that small. So anyway, um, yeah, dude. Uh, I told Gabby, I called my mom in the morning. I said, Mom, did I fall off Granny? My, I called her Granny, my great-grandma. I said, did I fall off my great-grandma's bed when I was a baby? And she said, oh, you know what? I forgot all about that. Yeah, you fell off your bed and hit your head. And I just got chills. So I was like, wow. And I told her what I dreamed about. And she was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, didn't know what to say. I asked my dad the same thing. And he said, yeah, you did. That's my grandma, which was my great-grandma's daughter. She said, yeah. I was like, man, he brought that memory back. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about it constantly. Like, man, now I understand where I got it from. Yeah. And because I understood, I felt like it was e- I had closure. But anywho, yeah, so when so it makes sense that it, it could have been something spiritual. It could have he can if you give him a little crack in the door, Satan will come in. Yeah. So so that's where it came from. And like I said, when I came up, uh, somebody else saw a black shadow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Nobody told me that yet. Um I just felt a ripping out of me, like Mm-hmm. I felt a lot as a feather and uh, right after that I went to get coffee and I went to eat something that had like chocolate that kind of get me riled up and I didn't mm-hmm. have any ticks yeah like, I woke up the next day no ticks praise yeah. the lord I mean that's <laughs> yeah that's like, I, I have a, <laughs> that's like I mean I remember you telling me like you know I, I got some coffee I'm I got the chocolate like I'm I got everything that would give me ticks. Yeah, dude. I'm trying to get ticks. Well, and I'm not encouraging anyone who gets healed from anything to go run and find it. But (laughs) I've I've just dealt with it for so for so long. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, is this it? Is this it? You know, Mm -hmm. because I've been trying to self heal myself, Mm -hmm. and I found results that didn't last. Yeah, but. Ooh, Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. let me preach. God's got something that will last. Mm-hmm, he He's does. got healing that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. And I just want those to know that just because you might not be getting healed right now doesn't mean that it ain't coming. Yeah. Just because you're praying for it right now doesn't mean that it won't happen. Again, 19 years. Maybe... And, and, and there's no formula for healing. Don't 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 think about that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all in God's time. If yeah. God wants you to be quiet, I found I found that a lot of things happen when you are just content with the way your life is. Mm-hmm. I say that I say that like not being content that you're in sin or anything like that, but being content with hey, you know what? If I got to deal with this, I'll deal with it. I'm gonna yeah. hold it well. Mm-hmm. Learn how to steward 
you're suffering. Because, mm. you know, when Jesus had compassion on these people that were on the street blind and lame, I mean, he walked by and they knew, like, hey, uh, they trusted. But some of these people never thought they'd be healed. Yep. You're right. But it's, it's, you just, just got to trust that God's good. You know? mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and, and again, I can't, sometimes people don't get healed and it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and pretend, because again, I was cool with having Tourette. I was managing it at the time. Like, I, God freed me from all my addictions and everything, but mm-hmm. when I got saved, but like, I was perfectly content just saying, you know what? If I have Tourette's, whatever. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it, it's okay. Yeah. God's going to make a way. Um, but yeah, dude, that was it. Uh, and uh, another thing I just want to mention is, and there's a, someone else told me the same thing. Sometimes things you got healed from will try to come back. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's coming back. It just means literally the devil's trying to throw stuff your way to make you doubt what God does. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get a little minor things and I'm saying minor false symptoms. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not compared to what they were, but it's just enough to get your mind off of it. Yeah. But like, I mean, and again, it, it helps the people who've known me understand, but if you're, just like randomly rolling across this video or this podcast. And you're just like, well, I don't know this dude. So he could be just telling the story that bib. I, I get it. But I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't like what God does. So mm-hmm. uh, there was another guy from church who uh, hurt his back and he had a big giant, like knot on it. He was always switched over. Um, I'm not going to say who it was. Cause it's not my bit. It's, I, you know, I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind, but yeah. Guy at church, uh, um, Malachi's pop or Micah's pop, you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, he had he told me this, but he had a knot and he was constantly hunched over in pain and it wouldn't go away. He went to a, a church and they had a move of God, and this person prayed over it and they literally watched the knot go down. Mm-hmm. As he was praying, it completely disappeared. He was healed, and he felt great, right? Yep. A few weeks later, the knot came back. And it came back, and they're all, him and his wife were confused. They're like, what is going on? Like, well, back, let me go back a little bit. When he got healed, the pastor said, Satan's going to try to come back. He's going to make this thing come back and try to attack you. Mm-hmm. He's going to make... He's going to try to mess with what God did and make you doubt him. And they came back. They kept praying. Uh, Charity. Oh, excuse me. That's his wife. Excuse me. They were both praying. And um, he said it's important for the married couple to pray because they're one flesh. But they basically prayed over it for eight months consistently, and it went away. Wow. So it, it – it's that continuous, like, I believe what God has done. Yep. It's that continuous trusting in his power and what he did that keeps you healed. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to say that because, man, it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm healed. and But 
you know, if, if you don't show the gratitude to God, you know, and you just consistently just let doubt get in your head, man, it, mm-hmm. it'll it'll come and it'll the enemy will steal, he'll kill and destroy. So yeah, it's just being in that place and just thanking him uh, and trusting him and believing what he did was good. So um, yeah, man, absolutely. Man, that's my that's my testimony, bro. And I've been walking. I've been getting the best sleep of my life. I've been been able to think clearly. Uh, I'm not always exhausted from ticks. Mm-hmm. I can actually be regular tired for once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take any medication. Uh, you know, I'm I'm solid. Yeah, man. That's the only thing we can really say that is praise the Lord. So yeah, that's I it. Know that that's. <laughs> Stuff like this, uh, you know, is really awesome to hear. Um, and I hope that when you're listening, you know, those of you listening right now, I hope that this encourages you. Um, and remember, too, like, healings, um, they do happen 100%. Yeah, yeah. But remember that healings also happen in different ways. Yeah. You know, just because he got healed by baptism doesn't mean you're going to get healed by baptism. Yep, it, it could be if if you're saved and you're a Christian, it could be through death that you're healed. It could be on earth. I mean, we never know, you know. Yep. But you know, as you're listening, yep. I hope this encourages you. And yep. you know, if you're going through Tourette's, um, you he knows exactly what you're going through. Yep. Um, if those of you who don't believe that this actually happened, I can say firsthand it happened. Um, his wife can say it happened. His family can say it happened. Like, you know. I knew Hayden before he got baptized and I know him after. So I know that it did happen. Um, and I know it's hard to believe for sure. Cause you know, stuff like that don't usually happen, but that's no, the beauty. Impossible. That's, no that's the beauty. Yeah. Yeah. There's no uh-huh. fearful at all. Yeah. So it was a straight up miracle. Um, mm-hmm. and Trey, uh, to, to help, I'm going to try to find some old videos. Uh, people might run across them and be like, what is this? This is random. I'm going to try to find videos of me with Tourette's, uh, you know, and everything before the healing. And uh, just no, no matter what it is, it could be just something random, mm-hmm. like a, a regular video of my dog with me in it. Like, I'll find it. Uh, I'll give you permission to post it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, proof, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> yeah. As they say. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow this podcast on Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. All the links will be in the description. Guys, we will see you next week, and may you have a blessed week.